Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we no longer talk about Animorphs because we've already done that. But we're not ready to say goodbye to Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant. Turns out they wrote more books. What? Books that we will be reading and casually discussing? You bet. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month as we morph into the Apple Grant Book Club. Welcome to another episode of <laughs> So I was waiting for the the, the Animorphs pun title, babe. Uh, <laughs> the way we morph now. <laughs> oh yeah. Damn it, that's a good one. Why do y'all do that? Why do y'all like like it's so frustrating that y'all just like instantly come up with better the stuff than I do? And I'm like, I have to think about this for like days to come up with the garbage that I, I like been thinking about it for years. I, I, you know what that happened to me today that I was in the middle of work, had no pen or paper, paper, anywhere near me. No pen or paper. No pen or paper. Yeah. All I had was my phone on my weft. Um, But uh, (laughs) I didn't have. You fucking bitch mommy. (laughs) So I, I. Like, I thought of a title, and I'm like, I'm going to use that title for for Horse Girls. And the only thing I had available was to text Alex. So Alex got a weird text message. I knew exactly what it was for, okay. and I didn't text you back because I didn't want it to get lost in the conversation. Oh, so I just okay. Okay. left it. Yep. I was like, it was the only thing I had handy. And I was like... It worked. Because yep. the last, our last like five text messages are just titles for various <laughs> yeah. things that we're doing. <laughs> so I finished, I finished reading book eight. No way. Of what Everworld. Happened? Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> but I will tell you that immediately after the last couple of books, I have the, the, the urgent need to just pick up the next book and start reading. Yeah. And it happened at this one too. Yep. So. I think that's a good sign. This was my favorite ending by far. Like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was, it was, it was like genuinely like touching and intense and like just so good. So at the end of book seven, they left me on a cliffhanger, and I was like, okay, cool. Book eight's gonna answer some questions. Super didn't. Nope. Super didn't. Like a Super didn't. Fucking so side now, quest. Yeah. So now I'm like, book nine's gonna answer some questions. Nope. Probably no, not. Pro- probably not. <laughs> probably not. But I'm I'm here for it and I'm ready to go. I did like how the end of this book was like, hey, remember when you guys had questions from back in book one? I was like, Super didn't. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, we have been reading this for like a year. Yeah, like eight months now. So like, I don't. Oh my god, longer. we could almost have a baby. <laughs> we, could... <laughs> we would name that baby what to eat. What to eat a baby? <laughs> <laughs> we could wipe that down on a pen and paper. I do. I, Photoshop so like... human teeth into it. <laughs> yes. 
my favorite video of all time. <laughs> my, uh, I'll be, my, my job takes me to different places. Not like travel, just like different, different venues. <laughs> I guess that is travel, but You're not traveling. like, not like, yeah, not like different states or anything. No. It's not like, but, uh, uh, and I'll see people like a, a good many people in the course of my day. And some of them will be having a bad day. And they'll be telling me about their bad day. And it is the first thing that pops in my brain to just look at them and say, what to eat, man? Yeah. What to eat? What to eat? You should say it and see what happens. Yeah. I man, I don't know. I think most people think I'm weird enough already. I don't think so. <laughs> go harder. Go harder or go home der. Go harder go home der. That is this. That's. Alex, the movie part two. Yep. Go harder, go homder. Go harder, go homder. Too harder, too homder. <laughs> the third one's Tokyo Home. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> that one's all about family. Yeah. <laughs> I've never I mean... seen the Fast and the Furious <laughs> So, okay. So we used to say all the time, we saw Fast and Furious, the first one. We used to be like, man, it's just Point Break. They just remade Point Break. Like, that's all it is. It's, just, it's got cars in it. It's Point Break. And I, yeah, and I, I, oh, okay, never mind. Because I was like, that would mean absolutely nothing to Alex. But apparently I've never it seen does. Point Break. <laughs> <laughs> I just know Keanu Reeves in it. It's about surfing. Yeah, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Uh, Keanu Reeves plays the the Paul Walker. Paul, good Whoop. Lord. Woo. Words. I don't know why y'all let me do this. <laughs> I don't know. Like I have one job and it's to talk, and I cannot accomplish it. <laughs> I am not sure why I'm here, mm. but Keanu Reeves plays the Paul Walker part in Point Break, and they surf. Instead of car. What is car but surfing on land? <laughs> oh. If you've seen Teen Wolf, then it is the same thing. I haven't, but I've seen the poster for <laughs> Teen Wolf, and I feel like he did ride a car on the roof. <laughs> is that what is that what they mean when they say you you teen wolfed? Like use it as a verb? I don't know because I've never heard anybody do that. Okay. But now I've, I've heard really... it, but I've never seen Teen Wolf. You Teen Wolfed. I would teen have to assume to that that is... Too... Ooh, that's pretty good. I, Brennan's used moon. it a couple of times in, uh, in a, a D&D game. So, I don't... You Teen Wolfed. Yeah. Or I like got to assume... style or something. I got to assume that means you turned into a wolf while in the bottom of a pile during a basketball game. Is Teen Wolf the one with Michael J. Fox, or is that an American Werewolf? Nope, that's Teen Wolf. You're right. And Teen Wolf 2 had Jason Bateman. Really? Jason Mm -hmm. Batman. Jason Batman. Jason Batman of banana fame. You know what? If it turns out Jason Bateman was actually Batman the entire time, I'm going to feel really dumb. Dumb? I'm going to feel dumb. Dumb. My tiny tums. Tums. Are we just going to attack my inability to talk this whole episode? Yes, <laughs> Low-hanging fruit. I feel, I know. I feel like this is Alex getting back at me for, I don't know, everything I've ever said to her, ever. <laughs> oh. Oh. Do you guys want me to talk about this book? Yeah. Yeah. 
Jaleel was in math class getting an update from Everworld. There were demons and a burning tree, and the demons might kill them. Anyways, Mayuki was sitting right in front of him, and this was his moment to ask her out. The bell rang, and as the teacher screamed the homework at them, Jaleel followed Miyuki out and managed to embarrass himself by asking if she had a good math class. And then once he recovered from that horrifying embarrassment, he's like, hey, would you want to study sometime or go on a date? And she's like, well, well, which one? And he's like, well, either preferably date. And she's like, no, we could study, but no dating. Because her parents are old school and, like, not... Japanese-American, like real, real, real Japanese, and they think American boys are not serious. And he's like, are you, are you fucking kidding me right now? Me? Not ser- Me, Jaleel? Not serious? Have you met me? Uh, and that apparently convinced her. She's like, okay, come over to study, and maybe you'll turn around, like, my parents' opinion of you, and we can see, like, maybe we could go on a date. He got a pretty big self-esteem boost from this, and he even told David about it when they passed each other in the hallway. And David also got a kick out of them not thinking he was serious enough. Uh, Jaleel then gives David this low-key Everworld update because David's still awake in the Everworld. And David jokes, and he's like, hey, this David, kind of funny. Maybe not same as Everworld, David. Maybe we're living two vastly different lifestyles and we're starting to diverge away from the same timeline. Maybe we're not the same people there that we are here. And as he's, like, going through wiping his hands off one at a time with, like, you know, antibacterial wipes or whatever and rearranging his books by like order of spine and like so the spirals can't touch each other he starts pondering this and that's that chapter yeah i think it's pretty apparent that actually i think it's most apparent in jaleel yeah and it's probably because of you know certain personality traits i guess we'll say that uh, are apparent in one one in regular world that don't travel over to Everworld. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, some of the things that Jaleel does at the end of this book, I don't think real world Jaleel would have any business doing. So mm-hmm. nope. Yeah, it like it it kind of bears the question of like context, like what context you're living in, because like you know if like we're living our lives here and our problems are very different. As opposed to, you know, if we were, like, in a post-apocalyptic situation and it's like we were, like, killing to survive and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. I would not last long. Oh, I would, no. Immediate dead. Immediate dead. I'd be like, oh, no, I'm being shaken down. I'm too afraid to offend this person, so I'm just going to give in. (laughs) I'm I'm a big talker about the things I would do in the apocalypse. I have... No, no illusions about the fact that I would be one of the the first ones gone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you guys know how recently I was at a bachelorette party for a very dear friend of mine I've had since college. Yeah. She said when we were there, do you know how Alex and I met to the room at large? And I, not remembering how we met, was <laughs> enthralled to hear how we met. <laughs> she then proceeded to say... This weird girl walked up to me and said, hey, do you want to see my zombie survival apocalypse kit? And she said, sure. And then that's how we met. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't remember that. I don't remember. Apparently I had one in our room in the cafe dorms, Casey. So you were there. It was also, you were, you were partnered in this crime. have to 
you have got to message this person and have this person message me if they remember the contents of this kit. <laughs> because I Wait. have to know what's in college's, College Alex's zombie preparedness no, kit. I do remember no that know. kit. I just don't remember you approaching Trisha about it. Wait, me was, either. She wasn't in the cafe dorms. Not the or, first year we were there. The second year we were there, second, she was. And that's when you were like, hey, come that's, look at my cool thing. Allegedly. I don't okay, remember this. Okay, okay. I can see that happening. Yeah. So I, I'm i sitting here, and I'm listening to this story, and I'm listening to Alex say the word allegedly. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't know. That does kind of sound like an Alex thing to do. Like everything <laughs> I've learned about Alex over the past few years sort of, sort of lends weight to... Story, that's true I think. because if we do talk about how you and i met it was you saying <laughs> yeah. any other animorphs podcast was me being like i like to talk about animorphs we're doing a podcast now. <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> i i do assume that you will you will message her and have her i will ask her if she remembers the con i'm sure there was a net there had to have been a net so you had a net in your in your college dorm which now I kind of don't think, okay, so me and Jenna went to a pop shelf yesterday because we didn't know what was in a pop shelf, but we see them like, what the it's fuck a is store. A pop shelf? It's a store that's just like a bunch of them been opening around here and we're like, we don't actually know what's in there. And so we went in there and we were like, there's a bunch of stuff in here that I didn't expect was, I thought it was going to be like containers, mm. but there's a bunch of stuff in here. And then uh, Al- or Jenna said it was like a... F- a nicer five below so we started calling it a five above oh um so we do walk past a section and they do have rope Mm -hmm. and i did tell jenna that we needed to buy the rope and she said why and i said i've never been in a dd adventure that the use of rope did not come up Mm -hmm. and so i would just feel better if we were traveling with Mm -hmm. this rope and I feel like that's really on zombie preparedness. Yeah, they really roped you in. Uh, oh, see, this is when Alex starts getting back at us for all our cheap puns last last episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, so maybe I maybe I need a zombie preparedness kit. I think maybe you do. I I got to be honest, I don't remember having this kit or what was in it i know that i had i know i had nets because i had a goose net so i know i had multiple nets because you routinely went out and caught geese that's not even an exaggeration i did (laughs) geese are mean no they're not yeah they are geese are only mean if you're weak enough to accept them asserting dominance over you i am that weak grow up tim like i there have been so many times when I've been playing golf and we've gone past geese and geese have just looked at me and just been like, yeah. and I'm like, dick, and then drive away. Probably got babies. Maybe. There's no reason to be rude to me. Rude geese. a little geese. bit of a reason to be. <laughs> if you got a problem with Canada geese, you got a problem with me, and I just make you ruminate on that. You guys want another chapter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jalil wakes up in Everworld in their stick nest. Everyone is crouched, watching a thunderstorm streak down one narrow corridor of sky. It is not natural lightning. 
There's some argument over whether it would be better to stay low to the ground or run to the trees because the rule set that would help them on Earth might not necessarily help them in Everworld. So eventually they decide to run. And as soon as they break cover and start for the trees, the lightning is on them, crashing behind them with these big fat raindrops falling down and make everything muddy and slippery. And Jaleel grabs for this tree to help him stand up. And as soon as he touches the bark, this lightning crashes down and splits it and sends him sprawling to the ground with his ears ringing and his nose bleeding. And he can barely see anyone. He thinks he sees April near him. And then he hears David calling this way, but he couldn't see. So he just stumbles towards the sound. Then he finds David by almost crashing into him and he sees like water running down his face and he sees his face all distorted screaming and his hair is like all plastered and he's like, get in this cave! And he shoves Jaleel down and he tumbles into this cave, like down all the way. And when he lands, there's Christopher and April and David. And he's like, oh no! That wasn't David. No, that was Ishu above them. So Senna comes dropping in, and then the cave starts filling with water. Got him. Yeah. Got him. Fucking tricked him. Mm-hmm. Hope Jaleel feels foolish now. Yeah. Probably doesn't. <laughs> How dare you not recognize it wasn't David amidst all of the chaos and the proper illusion. It does Magic. beg the question why Ishu wouldn't have just morphed into them and like sown chaos between the group this whole time. Right. Yeah. So there's got to be like a rule book. Because, I mean, these are literal gods. They could just smite you or whatever. So like there's got to be a rule book that's like you're not allowed to do this unless this. You're not allowed to do this unless this. Like... You can morph a David, but you got to do it crappy. So you're going to have to wait till they get struck by lightning first and can't really see all that well or hear hmm. all that well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's the That's lawful neutral of the gods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. They got to have they got to have rules. Everyone's got to have rules. Yeah. Little book that says what T.E. On the front of it. <laughs> and like, it's one of those little like leather, faux leather bound Bible books. And it's like the embossed gold. What TV. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, I want one of those now. And it's got the little ribbon. So you can mark your yes. place that goes through it. And the pages are like tissue paper every time you yeah. turn them. <laughs> <sighs> I would fucking buy that print of Everworld. Like those little religious yeah. print books. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what I need. I need like an Everworld omnibus that's like all 12 volumes in one book. Big thick boy. Yeah. Just the master tome. I I have to tell you guys, I do know what an omnibus is, but when you say it, I do always think of the magic school bus and I just like theme it to whatever you're saying. I'm always like, ha big bus. That's Everworld themed. The omnibus. This is my omnibus of Everworld. The Six Fox guy gets off. <laughs> he starts dancing and everybody just looks at each other and says, what do you eat? 
What that's if what, he was a god? That's what I was about to say. The old guy from Six Flags commercials was an the Everworld god. deity. Dude. You guys, you've just made a D&D campaign that we have to do now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god. The campaign obviously is called We Like to Party. <laughs> oh my god, I need it. We have too many game ideas. It's, you're walking through it. a forest during a thunderstorm and just muffled. All you can hear is... Imagine like the horror theme version of that. Like, <laughs> it's in the minor keys. <laughs> it's raining. We have to get out of the rain. Let's get on this abandoned bus. <laughs> What's he, man? What's he? <laughs> I did find a little pocket knife when I was cleaning up. That was the one <gasps> that I sent y'all the picture of. Excalibur. And I was like, I'm going to get Excalibur like engraved on this thing. Hell yeah. It'll go right next to Sugarfoot, your now broken throwing axe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do like to label things. Who doesn't? Yeah. Do you have a label maker? Uh, I don't. Well, enough. Christmas yep. is covered. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> all right. So this mud, it all roils up around them and forces its way around Jaleel. And it's pushing him down and compressing his body and making him walk super slow and move slow and forcing its way into his mouth. And forcing its way into his mouth. And when he tries to spit it up, it pushes harder, threatening to get into his throat and lungs. And it begins to move in this massive tsunami mudslide thing and sweeps them away, bobbing them down this torrential river. And as Jalil tries to stay afloat, something shifts. And suddenly he's clutching at the mud to stay up. Eventually, this mud gentles and he is deposited out onto some sort of bank type thing. But when he opens his eyes, he's looking up at the sky, but the sky is down. Ground is up. Guy's down and he grabs it ground so he doesn't fall sky. It's very confusing. And also the sun is black and red and he just wants to puke because everything is upside down and inside out and the wrong colors and inverse colors. It's all buck wild. And he wants to puke because of all of this. And uh, then he closes his eyes and he's like, hey, it's kind of just normal when you close your eyes. So he tells everybody to do that. And they're like, great, thanks, I guess. And he hears like somebody puking distantly. Uh, it does help because he realizes, like, it's just an optical illusion. It's just some sort of, like, wild mental trick. And Senna is the only one that is, like, delightedly dancing around in the situation. Like, ha this is magic in mirror worlds. This is what I was born to be like. And that's it. Thanks, Bane. <laughs> it's like the Amelia sound of music, Bane. The mirror world. <laughs> yeah. She did so, kind of Julie Andrews it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spinning about with her arms aloft. Oh. When when they said the sun was black, I was like, black hole sun. <laughs> and then corner sun. <laughs> oh. no, I, like this part, this part messed with me probably more than most other parts did. Uh, because there's something awful about when you can't when you can't trust your brain 
You know what I'm saying? Like your brain is giving you inputs that are not congruent with what is around you. When you get so the, the idea, of, yeah, when oh, your brain yeah. is telling you that up is down, that's yep. like, oh, that's such an awful, awful sensation. Mm-hmm. You just gotta hang your leg off the bed. It helps. Does it? It does. If you ever get the spins, just hang one leg off the bed, and it helps ground you. Interesting. Wait, do you have to be touching the floor? Mm-mm. Okay. Nope. <laughs> you have to literally be grounded? <laughs> nope. Okay. I'm going to try that next time. Yeah, this would really fuck with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would. I was just uh, would, trying to imagine it, and I'm like, ooh, I don't yeah, like it. <laughs> and it, it. So, like... They talk about the mountain coming up here in a second. And like that, I I had, that was the part where my brain could no longer, like I could process the brain telling you that something is down when it's clearly up or an effect up. And, but then the, there's mm-hmm. a mountain that's upside down. And I'm like, that's the part where it got too much for my brain to sort of process <laughs> and imagine. <laughs> And I was like, so the the mountain is right side up while everything else is upside down. And I'm like, I don't, yeah. I can't do it. Oh. I can't follow. My tummy feels weird when I think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the mountain. Since we're talking about it, let's talk about the mountain. Yeah. You build the mountain. You build a mountain. The mountain in front of them is upside down. The tip of the mountain sits on the ground, and the water flows up and then ends on a flat plain. It's very weird. And Senna is giggling up a storm, talking about how this is art, man. This isn't like Hell's Domain, which is like boring and simple, man. This is like what happens when gods can like create unfettered by rules and influences, Shut man. Up. <laughs> yeah, fuck off, Senna. No one likes you. Uh, well, Senna's off in her weird little art critic world. Uh, everybody else is like, let's go bathe in the stream. And they find it by, like, crouching down. I, I don't know why, but I imagine them, like, when they're in a dark room and they're told to, like, find each other or, like, find the yeah. ducks on the floor when they're blindfolded. And they're, like, just waving their arms around, like, crawling around. Did so. you say find the ducks on the floor? I know. Yeah, you know like, how, how often are you blindfolded in a room looking for ducks? <laughs> More than once, bro. <laughs> I was like, it, it's Alex. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody blindfolded me, put me in a room, and said, "Find the ducks," I'd be like, "What? What is what happening you, right now? Would How you did I end me up here?" If I did that to you, yes. yes. Would you go paper. find the ducks? Well, probably. Yeah. I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm kind not of a monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll play your game. Yeah. I see now that I haven't locked you in enough room with obscure tasks yet. <laughs> we'll remedy this situation. Oh, okay. Anyways, there. Uh, my first thought still, would be there are no ducks. That's no, my first thought. There's absolutely going to be ducks. But that would be my first thought. It's like you're just going to record me walking around like an idiot looking for ducks and there's no ducks. Again, it's Alex. Of course there are ducks. <laughs> absolutely going to be ducks. <laughs> Question is, rubber ducks or real ducks? Both. You're going to have to find out. I'm so excited. It's going to be those weird long ducks that she showed us. Long ducks? Her favorite duck is this weird giraffe duck. Indian rubber oh, duck. Like like this, this 
straight the straight up ones. Yeah. Yes. Like the one the ones where like, my lord, there is no such force. And then there's like like thousands yes! of ducks in the road. Cause they're all just little <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. It's fine. Nope. Uh Alex does though, and so I, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Casey just envisioned the tall duck army. <laughs> okay, so you know in two, this is two towers. Is it two towers or is it Return of the King? Anyway, it's when Wormtongue is talking to Saruman, and he's like, "Hey, the 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 shit. What does he say? Even if you breach the wall, it would take a number beyond reckoning. Thousands to serve the keep, and Saruman's like tens of thousands. But my lord, there is no such force. And then somebody cut in." This image of like these people herding these groups of ducks in India, and there's like <laughs> thousands of ducks just like in the street amongst the cars and bicyclists <laughs> while the fucking soundtrack of Lord of the Rings is playing behind these ducks. It was the Battle of Helm's Deep. Yes. Okay, so that's two tires. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's one of my favorites. Okay. It's fine. Uh, you guys want to hear about how Jaleel has mud in his pants? Please. Okay. Save me. I can't. But he does have mud in his pants. So they make it to this river. And even though it's really weird and trippy and they feel like it should be like a shower when they hop in because the upside down st- shit is still happening. They start to bathe. And they broke apart. And Jaleel was like, it probably would have normally been embarrassing because there was, like, the three dudes in the middle and the girls on the end, and they're all trying, like, not to look at each other and blah, blah, blah. But he's like, honestly, no one gave a shit because we were all so fucked up and so, like, encrusted in mud. We only had one thing in mind, and it was not being encrusted in mud anymore. Uh, and then he, as he was, like, washing all of this off, he's like, man, it's so weird when you don't need to wash yourself seven times. You could just do it one time, and it works. It's fine the whole time. And then he saw this thing out of the corner of his eye, but it turns out it was Senna in profile in the water. And he's like, well, that was an intentional. That was intentional. Everything she does is intentional. And then April screams from the other end of this whole thing. And it quickly becomes apparent why. And it is because there are several tall warriors surrounding her. And Jaleel, like, pulls his clothes on and, like, gets out of there. And, like, April, I guess, had some clothes on. But David just runs pell-mell naked out of there to grab his sword. He doesn't even give a shit. Uh, But as he grabs his sword, there are three warriors that level spears at his chest, and Christopher grabs his own spear, but that just gets knocked aside, and then his, like, feet get swept, and they were all caught. Like, that was it. They were literally caught with their pants down. Like, super easy. Super, super much so. Anyways, uh, the one in charge is easy to spot because he has a cheetah pelt wrapped around him, and he's just like, hey, Vikings, what up? And they're all like, wait, what? And then he's like, hey, See, he doesn't know their names, but he points out to little David Sonny. He's like, kill those guys. These other two, April and Christopher, torture. Let's go, Vikings. That's that chapter. I think I think they would pick me to kill. Why? <laughs> Are we gonna play Fuck Mary Kill? Yeah, let's play <laughs> Everworld Fuck Mary Kill. And it just goes kill, kill, torture. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like I don't know. I don't know if they'd see any any redeeming value in me if I were running around naked. Well, but they picked the naked guy with the sword, the witch, and Jaleel to murder. 
And I don't know, like, there are other, the other one is, like, the pale red-headed girl and, like, the the weird blonde guy yeah, with a spear true. that they destroyed. So, like. Uh, what was the criteria? Yeah, what yeah, was I don't the criteria? Know. I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. No. So there's no way to know. There's no way to know. I just roll the dice, I guess. Yeah. Maybe it's like when the teacher like splits you up into groups and she's like, okay, you three on the left, dead. You two on the right, torture. <laughs> but like you know that the teacher is picking like, oh, these three are disruptive, so they're right. going to go be dead in the corner. That's these true. Three... That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I do like about your 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 scenario there, Katie? What? Is that they weren't an even set. Mm-hmm. So like the teacher would have to jump into the torture group also so mm. that it would be balanced. Mm-hmm. You don't think the teacher would put themselves in the torturing group? Well, they'd have to redo the math at that point. There'd have to be three groups. Mm. And you'd have to pick one of the kids to be a torturer with you. Oh, what if yeah, you, you can't give them that power. Yeah, yeah, you can't. They did in Lord of the Flies. The, the teacher didn't do it, though. Well, the teacher didn't have a grasp on the situation. Not at all. <laughs> did you guys ever have the scenario in school where everybody had to partner up and nobody wanted to be your partner, so the teacher was like, I'll be your partner. No, because the teacher didn't want to be my partner either. <laughs> <laughs> sad or if you had to be you had to be in the one group of three that also happened too honestly anytime they were like split up into groups i was like oh no leave me alone yeah i'm an introvert yeah oh god because like the only people i wanted to be with were my friends and then we wouldn't work we would just be dicks yeah and then they would put me with somebody i didn't want to work with and then it's like well now I want to go home. (laughs) Do you guys want to hear something really surprising about every time I was in the group of three? Huh? I would be the one doing all the work. (laughs) I was, I was about to ask. (laughs) Yep. I've been there. Yeah. What to eat? (laughs) What to eat, man. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to hear more about this book? I guess. I guess. <laughs> uh, all right. This chief guy accused them all of being Vikings, and they try to explain that this was in no way true. After several minutes of arguing, David's like, hey, can I put my clothes on now? And surprisingly, the chief guy was like, yeah, sure. So he started putting on his clothes, and Jaleel was like, mm, does he have to get dressed so fast? Like, he could do it a little bit slower so we could live for, like, just that much longer. And he's like, wait a second. Why is David so calm? Normally when we're in danger, he's foaming at the mouth. And then he watched, and sure enough, he saw a look pass between David and Senna. And then he was like, oh, fuck. 
Earlier, we saw canoes coming down this river. Jaleel did not look towards the river because he's like, I'm not giving this shit away. It's not going to be on me. And then suddenly there was a crash through the brush and cries of, For Odin! And these Vikings swept through and this vicious battle began and there's spear throwing and swords. And then all of a sudden, there's Senna, who had begun doing magics to pull this water from the river and divert it. And like everybody just freezes and is like, this bitch got, just got a whole fucking river. That's buck wild. Uh, and then like the chief guy was like, uh, I'm going to throw a spear at her and like launches it. And David deflects it with the sword. But because he's in mirror world, he does it upside down, which slashes it right towards her like cuts her legs, slices her open, blood starts pouring down into her shoes. She takes two steps forward, then stumbles and faints onto the ground. And the next thing Jaleel knew, there was a Greek spear in the chest of the chief and his hand was empty. And he was like, oh no, I threw that spear. How has this happened to me? And then he gets this massive pat on the back that knocks him like asunder and his voice commending his most excellent spear throw. And he looked back and then he did a double take and looked back again because it was Thorolf. Their old friend from back in book one. Who I was super excited to see again. Me Hell yeah. too. I love this guy. He's so jolly. Sinna's powers? Yeah. A little bit more than I thought. Fucking Moses up here. They're ramping up. <laughs> she fucking did an Arwen. Oh. I love Arwen. She's like an evil Arwen. Except she can't ride a horse. She's anti-Arwen. <laughs> She's anti-Arwen. She's inverse Arwen. She's bizarro Arwen. Mere Arwen. Bizarwin. Yeah. Bizarwin. We did it. I love listening to y'all walk <laughs> the whole path till you get to Bizarwin. Is it because favorite. you're running and we are walking? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Trying to keep up. <laughs> Bizarwin. I'm dying. Bizarre win, bizarre win. We love you, bizarre. Why did we go back to the horror movie voices? That's. I think that's from C Lab 2021. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. It's a. It's a TV show, Tim. Haven't you seen it? No, I've never seen any TV shows, (laughs) except for this one about a whale who gets freed by a. That's a movie. No, that was a TV show too. Of Free Willy. No, it was, was called it something animated? else. What? Yeah, I'm making all that up. I don't I'm know. I'm Googling this like, right now. It's not real. You Free won't find anything. TV. Maybe I will. Maybe you will. Free Willy animated one season? What? See, I told you. Oh my god. How? I did not know that that was a thing. Oh my god. How do I watch this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, as a guy who recently watched the ALF animated TV show, I mm, don't get your hopes up. There's an episode called Yuletide or Red Tide. What? There's a biodegradable jet ski. What? How what do you- I watch this? <laughs> there are two seasons. They find a sea lion injured for. Oh, I thought that said machete, but it says machine. It was a machete machine. Nope, they fight a machine for it seems like most of this. How do I watch this? Uh, Amazon Video and iTunes. Second season has yet to be released. The show has never received a home video release, but there's a VHS in the UK. 
Okay. Well, this is my night now. You guys continue with this. <laughs> are we? Are we? Are we trying to find the VH copy of the a VHS copy of this? Yes, and a VHS player, please. I do have a VHS player in my house. Tim, I'm coming over. Um, Prepare the dogs. For trouble. Oh, and make it double. <laughs> Thank you. We uh, we actually were just looking. I have a VHS copy. I have like three VHSs still in my house, and I was trying to talk myself into getting rid of them. And one of them is Meet the Feebles. <laughs> and I was like, we should probably watch the VHS Meet the Feebles at some point. Yeah, probably. Oh my god, Meet the Feebles? It's a Jesus. great yeah. movie. I've seen yeah. that movie. <laughs> I've seen Which, one scene of that movie. Oh, I've I've watched it a couple times. It's very good. God, Jesse has the ability to talk to animals. This is amazing. There's okay. pelicans. Okay, okay. sorry. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> All right, you guys ready for some more yeah. Vikingy goodness? Yeah. Yes. All right. Other than David, who was attending to Senna, it was a happy reunion with the Vikings, who asked them to sing their minstrel songs and recount the lyrics to things. They talked about their battles and Witsipoxley and so on, and it was not until Thoralf had mentioned that he was looking for his second death that they're like, wait, what now? And as he was talking, Jaleel does do, like, a momentary distraction because he looks over to see, like, David and Senna and sees three yellow footprints in the grass where all of the grasses died. And he's like, huh, that's weird. But then Thorolf is like, so anyways, this is how they killed me. They jabbed a thing through my heart. A real proper way to die. I died. I was waiting for the Valkyries to take me. But then the earth opened up and I fell through into this upside down land. And ever since I've been trying to die... And uh, then Senna wakes up at that point after he declares he's trying to die. And she's sulking. But that allows David to join in this conversation. And uh, they're like, we didn't we didn't die, though. We just came here. We just came here through the mud pits. And anyways, they're, like, trying to compare stories. It's not working out super well. There's not, like, a really good one for one. Whatever. Uh, he's like, yeah, we just refused to offer a sacrifice to the gods. Which confused Thorolf because he's like, you should, you should always do sacrifices to the gods. And uh, they're like, no. And he's like, well, you don't want beef with gods because they'll fucking kill you. And they're like, mm, don't think so. Jaleel and April tried to defend themselves, but, like, the gods could kill them. So, like, their argument kind of sucks. Eventually, the conversation turns to, like, maybe joining forces so they can help Thoral find his death and they could live. And that's when Senna's like, hey, I don't know. I'm a witch. That's it. That's what my notes say. They say I'm a witch, and all the all the Vikings are like, "Yeah, but you're not an old crone, so that's pretty impressive." And then one of the Vikings does remember a myth or two of trees holding together these worlds, and like there's a there's a world a tree here that connects us to a tree in the in the normal world, and if they go to that tree, they could somehow figure a way out. Um, the Viking doesn't know where the tree is, but Senna's a witch, so she can sense it. My notes fell apart partway through there. <laughs> And I'm fine with that. I like to think that this is accurate. That there's a tree here that that also sticks out on the other side of the earth. That's kind of the impression I was getting. Yeah. Like, or at least it's like a mere inverse tree. So, like, when they destroy it, it, like, collapses back to regular world. <laughs> I don't know that this will work out without the hand gestures. <laughs> the Dude, what if there's... In the other world, there's like a tree-shaped crack in the ground. Like it's a hole. Mm. I don't know. 
So, okay, in the other world, the other world, instead of air, has tree. And where there are trees here, there's pockets of air there. Huh. And all the land is water, and all the water is land. Damn. It doesn't really hold up because then my trees are in the water. So it's I like don't know. Otter world. Otter world. Yeah. Instead of Everworld, is Otter world because like they'd be traveling through like all the slipstreams of the water and the air where the trees were. Otter I thought world. you were doing an odd even thing. No. Nope. Odd world and even world. No, I'm kind of imagining at this point like when you set like mirrors up and they reflect like a thousand different worlds, I'm imagining like this, like fan out of like the trees and in each one of these like mirror sections of trees, the world is just like slightly different from each other. And it can go as like many like iterations of mirrors that exist. You know, just like a fun little throwaway thought. That's like a hundred percent of my thoughts probably. Well, that one wasn't worth keeping. Toss. Oh. Yeah. That's. Have you ever seen that episode of SpongeBob where he's burning all of the the memories and all of the things he knows to remember one singular thing, and then eventually later they're like, "What's your name?" And he's like, "We can't find that file." And it's just all the SpongeBob's like <laughs> running through his burning mind trying to find his name. So when you describe that as not a SpongeBob episode, that sounds super fucking depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just like if you remove all of the SpongeBob aspects of it, it's like, oh, my God, what is this like deeply sad movie? Do you want to I had a thought that sort of like hung out in my brain most of my workday a little while ago. And it was I tried Googling it to resolve it and Google did not help. Google just made it really, really dark. Um, which I suppose it's kind of dark to begin with. But I was sitting there and I was like, dolphins are mammals. Dolphins breathe air. Mm-hmm. I was like, how many dolphins drown a year? And oh then they were God. like, yeah, no, no. Well, this is where I took a turn. They were like, well, because of fishing nets, like 300,000 dolphins. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's not my question. Like, that's terrible. And I would love to do everything I could to prevent that. But that is not my question. I want to know how many, like, redneck dolphins there are that are like, here, let me try this thing, and it ends up with them, like, drowning. Like, like, or they just didn't plan properly. Like, these, so, these are my questions. Did they start hmm. telling you about the obligate breathing and how often they commit suicide in captivity? No. Oh. See? Because- like, I don't, I don't want the dark ones. I just want to know, like, Darwin Award dolphins. Oh, Like, well- dolphins who tried something, and it didn't work out, and they ended up dying because of it. Like, they drowned. That's what I want to know. Maybe a few. Uh, it's it's got to be. It can't be zero, right? It's not zero. It can't be. Yeah, it can't be zero. But they all want to give me like all these like epidemic. I don't want to know the epidemics. Those are those make me sad. I want to know my little goofy thought of how many dolphins just fuck up. Yeah, well, they can just choose to stop breathing. So I wish they wouldn't. I mean, that's what we all want, but yeah. Sometimes. That's dark. I don't want it to go dark. Dolphins are an extremely dark species in multiple yeah, I, ways. I, every yeah. time I learn something about a dolphin, it seems to go that route. Yeah. Everybody thinks they're so cute, Lisa Frank, little motherfuckers, but no, they're... Mm. Yeah. Next level. They get it. 
Are you guys want some more Dark Everworld shit to go with your yes. side of dolphin? Yay! Yes. All right. This group of mismatched Vikings and kids followed Son of the Witch, looking for some scene out of, or sorry, looking like some scene out of Mad Max. As they walked, Jaleel saw some more of what Mirror World had to offer. It had slow gazelles and fast elephants and inverse color zebras, and he kept trying to make sense out of it and logic out why things were the way they were. And then he's like, "Stop it, Jaleel! Stop trying to make it make sense in real world rules. Do like Senna." Magic is the key. And he's like, okay, I can figure out Senna. I can figure out this key. Unfortunately, when he did walk up to Senna, not close enough so that they could touch, but close enough he could ask her questions, she was like, <laughs> come to figure me out, Jaleel. And he was like, yes, actually. That's precisely what I am doing. And uh, she just like, every time he starts asking her questions, she turns it back on him. She's like, hey, why don't you try to figure out this magical world with your little box of a brain with your logical ordered thoughts, idiot? I bet you can't. And then she like uses her magic to push through his weak brain just to prove how weak it was and like populate this image of her that's like drawing him in almost as much as Hell's beautiful side did. And she was like this glowing, like just wonderful, beautiful, symmetrical, blue-eyed girl and like... Julio's like gasping and trying to like fight against this mirage. And then this image drops and he sees Senna like wince a little and he realizes, oh, this is, this had cost her. Like when she uses magic, it costs her something. And the river had cost her even more. And then he realized that it wasn't the cut that had made her pass out. It was the magical effort of moving that river. And then Senna realize that he figured all of that out and she's like well you know the more i use it the easier it's gonna be which is a weird flex but all right uh anyways as this like weird sparring match ended jaleel distances himself and he's like man i really don't want to take all this so personally but i do i i take senna and ishu very personally i shouldn't but definitely i do and he kind of walks along, lost in his own thoughts, until ahead of them they all saw it, illuminated by the red and black setting sun. It was the great tree. It was gigantic and purple. And David's like, well, if the moon's good, we could keep going. But nobody, not even Thorolf's people, were up for that. So instead, they settled down to rest. An inverse color zebra is still just a zebra. No, like, you know when you have, like, film that, like... You do that, like, inverse the color negative. thing on. Yeah, the negative of it. Yeah. And it's, like, it's like blues and yellows and, like, ochres and things like that. Oh, okay. That's what you meant. I thought you mm-hmm. meant the whites were reversed with the blacks. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way he looked at that and was like, those are in the wrong spots. No, but, like, you it, you would. You would be able to tell. I, that would I still be weird. I would not. White White nose? Yeah, White probably nose not. zebra, you would be able to tell. I'm going to Google, I'm going to do this right now in Photoshop. But what I meant was like more like <laughs> the photo negative of it. Let me look up a zebra. Photoshop. Anyways, what'd you guys think? I hate Senna. Why? Because she's the worst. I don't know. Just every time she speaks, I'm like, man, I don't like her. It's like, don't talk to Jillio. Don't do it. Nobody nobody wants to hear your garbage. Nobody likes you. <laughs> I just find it interesting how, like, she seems to be getting to him in kind of a very different way. 
like like it's it's not at all like like with David or April, which is kind of like trying to like appeal to their better nature or whatever or make them feel bad for her or whatever. But she's kind of like tempting him in a different way, I guess. I don't know. That is, yeah, she, that's very true, because, like, she, she didn't get him, so I don't feel like this ever happened again, but when this chapter was going on, it very much felt like Senna got him in a way that she was controlling David, but, like, with David, it was very much, like, overt and, and everything, whereas this was, like, kind of a more insidious or, like, a different way to control him, but somehow, like, those powers still had control. Like, it was very weird. But he's always been the one who wasn't quite sure why he got picked to to be brought to Everworld. So there's obviously something going on that's different than the rest of the group. You know, he didn't have that relationship with her ahead of time. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's always felt to me like she wanted to control him like she picked him because she thought she could control him like using his uh ocd but it just never worked the way she thought it was going to like he's yeah. always kind of being the wild card mm-hmm. wild card bitches all right i'll worry about this later you guys ready to hear about what happens in the real world yes oh god oh boy howdy um oh boy. So Jaleel tumbles into the real world, quite literally. He falls over because his brain is trying to reconcile this upside-down world with this regular one. He was walking to Mayuki's, and as it happened, she lived very close to Christopher. In fact, he could see Christopher walking down the street ahead of him, and he almost called out, but then he stops himself because he had to be to Miyuki's by 6.30. On the dot, he wasn't going to do anything that would leave a bad impression on her dad, include being even a single minute late. As he continued down the street, Christopher cut into an alley by his house, getting into the garage and avoiding going through the house to the garage. And Jaleel saw two guys duck in after him. One he recognized as the weirdo from Taco Bell. Something spurred Jaleel into following them, and when he made it to the door, he heard the hit of something on flesh and comments about Christopher talking to a cop, and then he saw the big guy holding a rod of some sort, and Christopher doubled over in pain. And Jaleel's like, back off. And then he saw this flash of relief and embarrassment on Christopher's face. And the weird shrimpy guy pulls out a gun and points it at Jaleel. And in that moment, his entire world focused down to the point of the barrel. That was all he could think about. But thinking fast, he's like, hey, I called my house. This is my cell phone. It's going to my voicemail. I read your license plate number into my phone. And all of that is going on my answering machine right now. So if you want to shoot me, fine. But everyone's going to know. This, of course, is all a lie, other than I have a cell phone. Keith, the weird shrimpy guy, is like, if you called, then what's the license number? If you just read the license plate, surely you still remember it, which, by the way, is extremely flawed. There's no world in which I would remember this, but Jaleel just rattles <laughs> off a license plate number. And the guy's like, oh, so you're one of the smart ones, and like puts his gun away like a weird TV detective. Jaleel is judging him hardcore. But this ruse was enough to scare these guys away, and as they were leaving, the big one made sure to, like, shoulder-check Jaleel into the wall. Hard. 
Christopher shut the garage door behind them and tried to stumblingly explain to Jaleel, like, hey, man, these are the guys from the copy shop job. They're Nazis. Like, they thought I wanted to join them, but I don't want to join them. And Jaleel kind of gives them a hard time, like, oh, but they thought you wanted to? And Christopher's like, it's, I'm not like that. I'm not like those guys. He's like, yeah, I said the jokes. I said the things, but I never actually hated people. And Jaleel's like, hmm, sounds like they thought you were one of them. And uh, he lets that simmer for a while. And eventually Christopher becomes contrite and Jaleel kind of lets it go. And then tells him like, hey man, you may have just blown a date with the love of my life. That's that chapter. I feel like that's the perfect time for a little bit of I told you so. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, or not even I told you so, but like that I told you so vibes of like, right. What you're doing was stupid. And you, you've kind of kind of earned this yourself a little bit by being stupid. Okay, good, I've made that point now. You know what I'm saying? Like I Yeah. Yeah. So you see it now, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It was it was it was well timed. Keith is the worst. Keith kinda is the worst. And like Keith's whole like I don't really care if I shoot you or not right now thing. Like, not cool, dude. Yeah. What? What? Okay. They get him into Everworld. He goes and hangs out with Hell. I don't know. <laughs> I No, I, I think that that would be a fitting end because he would not last, like, mm-hmm. half a second with Hell and he would end up as one of those cobblestone heads. On the road. Cobblestones. That's my new band name. (laughs) Also, they start, like, this whole plan. I could not follow this to save my life, but they start this whole plan of, like, Jaleel's clearly figuring stuff out super fast about, like, yeah, but, like, Keith is just the guy that's willing to go to jail, but, like, the real guy is Trent. Like, we gotta go after Victor Trent, and, like... (laughs) We gotta fucking get him arrested. Talk to your cop buddy, but this time for real, talk to your cop buddy because it's his dad's friend who was the detective. That's who they saw him talking to. Like, talk to him for real. Like, get him involved. Like, they come up with this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it wasn't to get Victor Trent arrested. Is because they knew Victor Trent would back off mm-hmm. if 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 the fuzz was onto him. It would jeopardize so they, the York invasion. So yes, mm. if they put the fuzz onto Keith. Keith will be like, I don't give a shit, but Victor Trent would be like, nah, dude, I don't want your stuff coming back to me. So. I'm an assistant principal. Which, by the way, they made a joke about <laughs> the assistant principal at the end yes, of the Yes, they did. They did. <gasps> shit. Yeah, you'll never convince me that Michael Grant didn't have an assistant principal named Trent that he hated. Dude, honestly, like, this whole book is giving me Animorphs vibes in the way of, yeah. like, you're trying to, like, di- you're trying to have a normal life and you just fucking can't because, yeah. like, other shit's going on that's more important and bigger. Like, well, felt that hardcore. Not to jump ahead here, but since, especially since we have a resonant Marco head in here, um, <laughs> there is that whole chapter at the end where Jaleel's, like, He doesn't say this, but he clearly is like, I have a plan, point A to point B, and like Mm -hmm. consequences and what people think of me be damned. This is a good plan, and I'm going to do it, and then I'll sort it out later, which is like huge Marco vibes. Uh, Yeah, Mm y'all. 
Yeah, maybe I had it wrong at the beginning. Because in like the first book, I thought that Christopher was the Marco character. Maybe by the end of this, Jaleel's going to be more the Marco character. He's kind of yeah. becoming the Marco. Well, like yeah. at least the cold, calculating Marco yeah, character. Yeah, not, not the, the goofs. Not the goofs. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very Marco plan. It was. And like his his internal dialogue about it was very Marco as well. Yeah. I, I kind of want to talk about that plan. Oh, sorry. Okay. Well, let me continue. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, wasn't meant to be a hit. I just didn't want to jump ahead too much. Get it the fuck together, yeah, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so David woke up Jaleel. Uh, but it's just his turn for watch. There was nothing terrible going on. And David could sense that Jaleel was a little off. So he's like, do you want me to go like wake up Christopher instead? And Jaleel's like, no, Christopher's having kind of like a rough day. He got like assaulted by Nazis. And now we're talking to the cops. And David kind of also is like, he, he came down the same way Jaleel did, where he's like, well, Christopher, they did. They did kind of peg you as a Nazi, so it's yeah. kind of a little bit on you, dude. Uh, and then Jaleel was actually the one that stepped up, was like, well, he's trying to join the rest of humanity, like, cut him cut him a break. Um, and, like, after David chilled a little bit, he's like, hey, Jaleel, do you think two worlds could bleed over? And Jaleel's like, yes, I do, but David, tell me the exact reason why you're asking me this question right now. And David's kind of like, oh, no, I shouldn't have told you of all people this thing. And he starts mentioning that strange encounter that he had back in the real world where he pulled into the driveway, ran into that maid, and the maid started telling them to close the gap. And then he also introduces the thought that maybe, like, Keith could be, like, an evil person from Everworld or, like, something bleeding the other way from Everworld because he was so shitty as a person. I don't know. They kind of spitball for a little bit. But then David's like, all right, I'm going to bed. Don't worry about the weird snuffling sounds. I'm pretty sure it's just hyenas. And Jaleel's like... Super encouraging, my guy. Once David had fallen asleep, Jaleel was watching the fire and like something catches his attention and he goes, what do you want? And uh, Ishu appears and he's like, hey, uh, why don't you sacrifice something? And Jaleel's like, no, again, I have morals. I have rules. I'm not going to do that. And Ishu's like, really like, but for real, just sacrifice something, my guy. Like, honestly, this is so easy. You just have to sacrifice like one thing. I'll give you the lamb. I'll give it to you, and you just have to sacrifice it. And, like, Jaleel doubles down. And he also said that, like, Ishu wasn't enjoying this questioning. Like, he wasn't enjoying begging for this sacrifice either. So he's like, it was a very weird conversation overall. And finally, it's like, Ishu's like, well, okay, the gods are going to kill you, though. And Jaleel's kind of like, what up? Vikings are looking for a second death. Come at me, motherfucker. And Ishu's like, all right. And just walks away. <laughs> just walked away, ladies and gentlemen. Just walked away. I think the the Keith being from Everworld theory is a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. So, okay. I didn't take it as him being from Everworld as much as maybe being motivated by Everworld, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. maybe Keith was an Earth person and he was still a Nazi and he was still shitty. But maybe he was drawn to Christopher because of some spillover from Everworld. Or maybe he he's acting 
more aggressively because of Everworld is kind of how I took mm-hmm. it. I didn't mm-hmm. take it as him him originating there. But maybe he did. I don't know. No, I, I think I read it more like you did. Sorry, yeah. Casey. No, it's... I just... I don't like the idea of, like... I think that opens up the floodgates for, like, people in this world are shitty because of some external, like, supernatural force. Where it's like... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I think that's... Like, it's somewhat problematic. Apologizing for it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, not acknowledging the fact that people are shitty in this world because people are shitty and there's a lot of other dumb reasons. And it no. doesn't strike me as a very Michael Grant thing to be like, people are genuinely good at heart and it's just extreme forces. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. But the, the, the maid thing... Or the alleged, the alleged made thing is that's bugged me since it happened. Yeah, for sure. It's such a dangling thread. Mm -hmm. It is, it is kind of weird how much early book stuff they are bringing up Mm -hmm. now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know what? So, uh, back to what we just said. I didn't, I didn't take it as the maid was a Everworld person. I took it as a maid was a, what's a word for this? A receptive person? Mm -hmm. Like she was uh, taken over or inhabited? Or just maybe able to see a little, a little differently than, than your normal person would. She was not temporally grounded? Yes, yes. And just maybe had a bigger idea of what was going on outside of maybe her own plane. Yeah. She's like the maid in Twilight that knows that Bella can breed with a vampire. (laughs) Oh, God. Yes, that that this is what we needed to do we just need to put everything in in terms that everyone could understand it's right how does it relate to twilight i fucking listen i know it was originally a joke on tim to read twilight but i feel like the joke was on us (laughs) all right should we continue yeah yes we're coming towards the end now The next morning, a perfectly white lamb was outside the camp, just like a little tiny buying threat. But the kids and Thorolf left it and headed towards the tree. This large tree, but not so large that it tipped into the great scales of Everworld because it was no giant serpent and it was no giant dragon. Still, the animals avoided it and its shadow, and as they approached, they could feel the sense of importance build around them. They began to be able to feel the roots beneath their feet and the deep magic flowing. And Jaleel was like, I feel pretty good about my plan. And Thorolf and David joined him and inquired, like, so what's up? Once we reach this tree, what are we going to do? And Jaleel was like, well, obviously, we're going to use Senna. And David's like, what now? And Thorolf is like, oh, yeah, witch's blood? Known poison. Definitely. That's why you burn or drown witches. You never chop their heads off because blood can ruin the crops forever. 
And Thralf is like, ah, I remember when I had crops and a farm and a wife and a bull. It was such a good time in my life. And Jaleel's like, I loved your farm, bro. And he was like, thank you. I too loved my farm. And David's like, you're going to what to Senna? Eventually, Thorolf moves off to deliver smack to the back of the head of a Viking who is leering at April a little too hard. And David's like, yo, you're really going to, you're really going to chop up Senna, huh? You're really going to, you're really going to do this? We can't do that. This is, you just want to do this just because you want to fight issue and you're not going to like give in. And Jaleel's like, yes precisely like we could win this one and i'm gonna do it and david can't even really argue because david doesn't have a plan or any idea of what to do and the only plan that jaleel had ever uh oh no what did i write here it was a good plan and the only plan that uh holy shit what did i write was i having a stroke Dear God, okay, here's what I intended to say. Jaleel constantly backed David's plans, constantly. And so part of his argument was like, hey man, even when you were sent as a bitch, I was like on your side and I helped you. So you need to back my plan now. And David's like, hey man, I have no good argument against that. That's a great point. I don't have a plan. I'm in. It's the part where the plan goes into effect that I was like, what? You know, so. Burn the witch. All right, you guys want me to get through the end of this? We can discuss it as a whole. Hell yes. All right, I'm just going to keep reading through to the end because these two chapters kind of flow really well. All right, so they get to this tree finally, and it's larger than they even thought as they were approaching it. It's as large around as a skyscraper. Not the largest skyscraper, but there's multiple buildings worth in a Starbucks and everything in there. And Jaleel starts taking out Excalibur and cutting at the bark. And Christopher's like, what are you doing? And Jaleel's like, oh, I'm going to kill this tree. Christopher's like, this century? You have a tiny little fucking pocket knife. What are you doing? And that's when David grabs his sword and slams the hilt of it into the back of Senna's head. And she collapses to the ground. And April and Christopher are like, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what are you doing here? And David and Thorolf start carrying Senna's body up the tree. While April's like, yo, no, stop this. What do you think you're doing? And they're like, no, no, no. We're going to use the witch's blood to kill the tree. And then Ishu starts appearing, and with him, there's so many other beings. So he appears as this young, strong warrior version of himself. And then there's, like, this other person that's, like, split in half, black and white. And this woman that's made of water and adorned with all of these bangles made of, like, copper. And this person with a lion head. And there's one guy that's just covered in disgusting pustules and so on and so forth. And these are the Orisha, which are the gods that they offended. And they look angry, but Jaleel's like... I feel powerful now. I have my plan. It is working, and I am doing it. He had them cornered, and he was going to win. And then the world flipped upside down, but for real this time, sending them flying into the sky, and Jaleel slams on this branch above him and manages to scramble to hold on, but David, who's not far from him, was holding Senna, and so he grabs a branch, but he's holding on to her, and he is losing his grip. So Jaleel starts crawling towards him, but he's like getting closer and closer to falling into the sky forever. So Jaleel stands up on this branch and walks as if on a balance beam, but upside down. And when he reaches David, he grabs him, but he doesn't have the strength to pull him up. He can only stop them from slipping further. So they call to Christopher, who can't even see them in this tangle of branches. And then Ishu appears, balancing on the branch with ease and smiling, because Jaleel was no longer winning. And he's like, 
just do it. David tells Jalil, just do it. Just do the sacrifice. Just sacrifice the lamb, whatever. We just got to get out of this. And Jalil chickens out completely and says, well, David's the leader. If he says I have to do the sacrifice, I'm going to do the sacrifice. And Ishu just kind of shakes his head and he goes, well, the lamb's not good enough anymore. Now you have to sacrifice the witch. Then this mighty roar reaches all of them as Thorol threw himself at Ishu and grabs him, and they go flying into the sky. And you could hear Thorol screaming, I've got you, and cheering. And Jaleel watches them fly up, and then Jaleel goes, get ready. He's about to reverse gravity to save himself. Sure enough, everything flips down the right way, and then Ishu and Thorolf come flying back down to the earth like a cannonball while the rest of them are scrambling in this tree still. They reach the ground, and Thorolf and Ishu get set down softly. And Ishu begins to shift again into a lion. And Thorolf could not hold the lion, so Jaleel grabs Excalibur and holds it against Senna's ankle and starts screaming, I'm going to do this, I'm going to kill this tree. And Ishu looks up at him, and he's defiant and full of rage. And Jaleel thought for one terrible moment that he would not yield. And then his face slacks and goes blank. And he placidly said, The gods were satisfied by your sacrifices. The gods blink out of existence like they had never even been there before. And Jaleel goes, what sacrifice? And then like, whoop, 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 three Vikings fell from the sky and thumped on the ground, never to move again. It is not a victory for anyone. Jaleel and Ishu, they are losers of the same battle. As the land starts to return to normal, Ishu orders them never to return, which everyone agrees is no problem at all. And then he fucks off, and the Vikings that were left standing there suddenly begin to bleed and fall apart, and the wounds that killed them are, like, coming out in, in full speed. A head falls off the shoulders of one of them, and Thorolf starts to bleed from his chest, and April puts a hand on his shoulder and says, is this the wound that killed you? And he says, yes, and he lets out this battle cry. He's like, I will die the death of a warrior after all. When they do die, it is quiet for a moment or two. And then the skies open up and the Valkyries emerge, yelling and armor crashing and swords flapping. And they descend and the kids could see for just a moment the great hall in front of them split from the fabric of the skies. And their Viking friends are there drinking and partying. And Thorolf is there and he notices them. And Christopher is jokingly asking if the ale was good. And Thorolf is throwing back this whole cup in one go and laughing. And then they say, sing us the songs, our minstrels. And they slowly recall it in bits and pieces what they sang so so long ago and by the time they repeat it for a second time they're getting it and they're harmonizing they're remembering all the words and they run through the song a few times and when they finish the vikings don't so much clap as riot for them and then the valkyries close up the skies again and everything goes quiet and it's just jaleel christopher april david and senna and they resume their journey towards egypt so the part that got me, you know, I'm reading this and I'm like, this is really good. This is the, the whole Jaleel issue battle thing towards the end was really good. And then when David got Senna right in the back of the head, I was like, what? 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 I was like, yes. I was like, David, man, Again? you were like, yeah, you were like half on the fence about this plan. And that, that move felt like a lot of commitment for a guy who was half on the fence about the plan. Yeah. I was like, you leaned kind of hard into this one towards the end of there, didn't you? Dude, Senna's going to have fucking brain damage from yeah. the time she's been, like, knocked out with a sword. <sighs> yeah, also, okay, wild. question. 
what happened to the immortality thing from Olympus? Because, like, they, Christopher um, refused it, but then... Yeah. He was the yeah. only one that was promised it. Yeah. Was so nobody, nobody got it, yeah. Oh, I thought they all were for some reason. They, I think they all had this image in their head that they were all going to kid it. Yeah, or but they then... Might have. When they were like when they were working out with I think with Dionysus, like the actual like repayment plan, Dionysus was like, just FYI, like Christopher's the only one that actually did the thing that I can guarantee. I'll oh. try to argue for the rest of you, but I don't know if that'll happen. Okay. I don't remember that, I guess. Cause like I was thinking like Jaleel versus Ishu kinda like I was like, what if one or more of the kids like actually like somehow become a god? Like what if like Senna becomes a god? Oh, no, she's the only one I don't want to become a god. <laughs> yeah, but I think she's the only one who's actively trying for it. Yeah. yeah. Or at least to become that level of powerful. Yeah. I feel like David's, like, on his way. He's already got a, a god name. Davidis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They all need to work on their god names if they're gonna if they're going to try and get there. So, can I tell the, you my theory? Yeah. Well, real quick, like, yes. before I get to your theory... That wouldn't surprise me, Keiki, if that is the way that this book ends with one of them in that position. Okay, Mm -hmm. now go ahead. Mm -hmm. So my theory after reading this book is that every single one of them is just going to divide far enough that they become two separate entities. And there is only, like, we will only follow Everworld Jaleel. And there may be a Jaleel that exists in the real world, but he is like a pale, like, shadow of his self in Everworld or whatever. Interesting. So you think it's like the opposite of the Rachel Starfish? Kind, kinda. Like they don't get put back together. They, I don't think they get put back together. Damn. I think they are forever divided. It's mitosis. <laughs> I think. Uh, you know what? We're gonna go with it. There's yeah. nobody here to mitosis. argue. Mitosis. No, yeah. I agree. Okay. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I mean it. they're they're kind of hinting that way. Mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah, that they are hinting big that way. I guess I'll just have to keep reading. Yeah, we'll all have to keep reading. I need to figure out what happens. This is the contract we entered into. <laughs> I'm going to get the next book from my shelf. <laughs> Burb. Burps. This is the the sacrifice that I made for for traveling on Animorphs Anonymous land. <laughs> this is the pay the, the pay you have to price me, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take that, Alex. Yeah, suck it, Tim. <laughs> this is what you gotta it? price me, Tim. Suck it. <laughs> this is the pay we gotta price me. This is the pay you gotta price it, Tim. <gasps> I wanna die with my pet and papa. <laughs> Oh, his next re- book, the Senna book. Uh-huh. Oh ah! shit! Is it really? I read the I read the back. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Cause it's what, I, I saw the title. What is it called? Inside the illusion. Inside the illusion. The David Blaine special. <laughs> right. <laughs> Chris Angel pops out. Chris oh, Angel. Shit. Chris what if that's Angel. what it is? It's Senna versus Chris Angel, and he mind freaks her. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. I just read the first sentence and I just want to keep going. Oh What's no. the first sentence? Nothing. No. You have to read it. 
What if that was the first sentence? It just says, nothing. Nothing. In that accent. I was nothing. seven years old when my mother told me she was going away. Yeah, I'm already gripped. I'm yeah. fucking gripped already. Grip it and rip it, baby. Grip it and rip it, baby. Shit. Fuck. You guys, I felt I felt pretty strongly at the Viking Great Hall scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Thorolf got the the end that he wanted, and I was happy for that. Yeah, yeah. And the 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 group the gang got to take part in it, and that was kind of fun too. Mm-hmm. We ended on a high note. Yeah. Oh man, God, the image of like the world writing itself and like the Viking bodies just like splatting yeah. to the ground was so yeah. intense. I was like, damn. I like had to know how high they actually got before they turned around. Oh my God. I mean, they fell. There was conversation before their bodies yeah. hit the ground. Mm-hmm. Did you, Michael Grant? Did you yell Michael Grant in this one, Tim? Uh, I didn't yell it. Uh, I yelled about David when he when he clocked Senna in the back of the head, mm-hmm. and I, I I more mumbled at my Michael Grant when he turned the world upside down, but didn't. Yes. You know he made gravity stay towards the ground while everything was upside down, and I was like Michael Grant. Why do you do this stuff to me? I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So he got a he got a disapproving mumble, which I say. I enjoy when he makes me disapprove of the things he does. Yeah. I enjoy when he writes in a way that makes me uncomfortable, and I don't know what that says about me, but. You enjoy yeah. testing your limits. Maybe. In a safe fictional space. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I enjoy being dangerous from afar. (laughs) I like to live on the edge from a safe distance away from the edge. (laughs) (laughs) That's the most Tim sentence that anybody has ever said. That's my brand. Yeah. I like to live dangerously, but with safety. <laughs> Safely dangerous. I need a t shirt. Safely dangerous. <laughs> oh, shit. Man, I'm excited. I want to read the next book. Get on it. You can. I'm ready. I'm ready. How many more do we have left now? Four. That's it. Yeah. What the fuck? What tea? What tea? I hope, I hope that when y'all get to the Gone series and I'm listening, that at some point in that Gone series something weird happens and that's the only response that y'all can come up with is, what to eat. <laughs> we'll keep I the bit like, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna show up in my daily life. I think. <laughs> it's in the lexicon now. <laughs> I'm excited for gone. 
Yeah, gone's good. I'm excited to dissect it because, like, I've read the first book one time when I was deported, of course. Right. <laughs> that and, old uh, chestnut. That, that old chestnut. That old can of worms or whatever. <laughs> Major horses now lie in it. Anyways, I'm excited to dissect it in a way that is different than just, like, reading it for just kind of for fun. I'm excited to listen to y'all talk about it. And then have Keiki explain to me what's actually going on in the book that I missed when (laughs) I read through it. Yeah. So you guys realize that that's just like symbolism. No, Casey, I'm stupid. I didn't realize anything. No, 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 no. I reject all of this. (laughs) Yeah, you reject it right up until you do it. No. And we'll be sitting there listening to the podcast. That is an anagram for Tobias. (laughs) No, I I didn't catch that one. That was all Alex. <laughs> oh, with uh, oh. Sabino, Sabino. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And Enling, yeah. Shit. Was think, that me? Are you sure? I th- no, it was. Mm. And you're really good at pulling out the animorphs like comparisons, and I'm more like finding. <laughs> the metaphors yeah you're more like i I have a broad understanding of literature and i'm like i've read one book series my whole life no that's Um, good that's good alex can explain animorphs and keiki can explain life yes (laughs) oh how 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 terrible you can pull all the animorphs reference on this animorphs podcast (laughs) which is the most appropriate time to do so that's why I won't branch out and do any other podcasts. <laughs> we'll be like, you want to do a non-Animorphs podcast? I'm like, fuck no, I don't. Nope. I've got brain. nothing to contribute to this conversation. <laughs> I'm what they call a specialist. I have a very specific set of skills. Some people are like, you know, geology or like, you know, Large mammal marine biology. I'm like animorphs, and that's it. <laughs> yep, not not birds or horses or anything. Yeah. You know, hang on though. When people are like all about Shakespeare, we don't mock them. <laughs> so maybe the problem is, is that we're not holding <laughs> K. A. Applegate to the same pillar. Uh, you know why Shakespeare on? You know why? Why time. Yeah, time. 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 Time will will solve that problem. Mm. Yeah, hundreds of years from now, when, when they have Apple Grantian literature. That's right. We're the cockroach of the podcast world. Fuck you. All the other ones will get cut, but we'll slip through the cracks somehow. <laughs> Oh no! Just like in the rabies book, <laughs> Marco, one of the cockroach body. Oh, oh no! That's right. We got to get smaller than all the other podcasts, so that even when it's crushed, we can survive. Oh, so okay, 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 okay. So Shakespeare, sure, right. Writes a bunch of stuff. Sure. And years later, we talk about Shakespearean stuff. So Applegate writes some stuff. 
Do you think in the future we're going to talk about Applegastion stuff? Oh, God, I hope so. Applegastion. That's what I hope. I, I hope we talk about the Applegastion era. Oh. Sounds like Appalachian. Yeah. I love it because at some point somebody will be like, but this is just the classic tale of two starfish. <laughs> <laughs> two starfish, both alike in dignity. <laughs> <laughs> oh no they'll have college courses in Appalachian literature <laughs> wow that sounded country didn't it <laughs> sure did <laughs> Appalachian literature that that goes all the way up to Ireland in some places <laughs> literature literature it's like literature <laughs> Fuck. Well, how's about oh. that seven-minute outro? Unless we have any more business. <laughs> business. Business. Should we call Austin to do this one? <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. He's probably not trying to Wake sleep. Wake the fuck up. Wake the fuck up. We need you. I genuinely we're gonna make him do that. That's yeah. someday. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But for now. But this is not this day. But it is not this day. Alright, if you want to email me your applications for the Apple Gash Apple Gashin literature. Tim, help Ap- me. Applegation. Applegation literature class, mm-hmm. then you can do that at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at Animorphs Anonymous. So you can find us on Instagram at Animorphs Anon. Maybe Animorphs Anonymous. There's no way to know. You can find us on Twitter at Animorphs Anon. Faux show. You can also find us in all of those places as Apple Grant Book Cast or Apple Grant Book Club, depending on character limits. They're a fucking nightmare. I know. I get it. Whatever. But if you want to send your application to me in the secret dark of night because you are embarrassed to be signing up for this class, you can do that in our super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites. Do it. And if you're not super embarrassed for signing up for the class, you can come to our Discord server and announce it to everyone that's in there, which is a lovely community of Animorphs fans. And that we all just hang out and and chat and share pictures of our pets and, and, and stuff like that. So uh, you can hit us up in any of our socials or email us to get the link to the Discord server and come hang with us there. I agree. I agree. All right. I have signed up for my literature course and I've realized that maybe I should branch out slightly. No. Yes. Just, okay. Just one other, just one other series though, please. (laughs) If you, if you are like, I love I love application literature, and it's 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 the best. But also, my eyes are burning, and I need just a slight break. I need to look at some pictures, maybe some picture words. Um, there's a web comic that exists in the world that is created by me that I make and draw. It's called Beside You. You can go read it at bsideyoucomic.com for free. You can read it on top of some webtoons for free. You can go. To patreon.com slash KCD Studios. It's not super free there, but it is totally cool because 
If you subscribe a dollar or five dollars, you can get early access pages, you can get work in progress pages, and best of all, you're helping me, a, a, a sad little artist, make a, her dream comic of boys being in love with each other. Anyway, go do that. Patreon.com slash KCD Studios or something. No, it's, it is Patreon.com slash KCD Studios. <laughs> it is. It, there's no or something about it. And if you give Casey $9,462.83 a month, you can get the Slater cast, which is just uh, Dan and I in the Dan van talking about how awesome Slater is. So, All right. All right. You know what else? You know what else I like? Yeah. You know how Dan and I do the Slater cast? Mm -hmm. Well, there is... Another person that I do podcasts with that I enjoy quite immensely. Mm-hmm. I like to call him Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought you were going with Jenna. I mean, yeah, okay, but this time I was trying to—I was trying to toss the ball to you. <laughs> I was just trying to be nice. Listen, yeah, if you want to get all technical about it, yeah, it is Jenna. Okay. I—I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do a podcast with. Alex called Horse Girls that everybody should listen to. You could find that at horsegirls.club. And I do a podcast with Alex and Keiki called Late Starters that everybody should listen to. Uh, I don't know where you find that. Late Starters. Uh, all I don't over know. the internet. Spotify all over the internet. Yeah. The Late Starters. Podcast Republic. The Late yeah, Starters. The Late Starters.com is the website. But yeah. That's what I was trying to think of. And so now you know that. And then there's Surprise Attack Book Club, which you just have to find. Surprise Attack. And Jenna's on two out of the three of those. Yes. (laughs) So if you came for Jenna, you've also found her. Actually, she's on all three of those. She is on all three of them. Hell yeah. Spoilers. Got her. (laughs) What else is Jenna on? Well... As you know, she's on Horse Girls and Surprise Deck Book Club and maybe Late Starters. You should just have to listen to find that out. She is also on a show called Dungeons and Draken Beams, which is an Animorphs D&D podcast. And it's so much fucking fun to do because of Jenna and how wonderful she is and how amazing she is. And that's not <laughs> even being like a weird facetious joke land that I've been living in until now. That's just genuinely goddamn true. She's a goddamn delight. And that show is, is so much fun. So, yeah, check us out. It's great. Oh, yeah, I'm on that show, too. <laughs> no one gives a fuck. <laughs> Milkyourfriends.com. Wait, no, is that the Patreon? That is the Patreon. Okay, yeah. if you like Dungeons & Dragons Bees, go to their Patreon, and, and for $1, they'll send you a certificate that says you're not a yerk. Good job. And give you access to content that has Casey and Tim in it. So, oh yeah, there you go. Fuck yeah. It's all connected. It's all it's connected. Like, it's like Everworld. It goes all the way to the top. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. It's from my favorite band, KCDC. <laughs> I thought your favorite band was Cobblestone Heads. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it will be. But it's a long way to, to the, the top, top if you want to rock and roll. Oh. Do, do, do.